0: Okay, everyone. Hi. So I'm just going to make you another podcast of this lesson for your analytical writing practice. And this one's going to be just me unpacking an essay topic and then talking about, you know, what your approach to putting your ideas together might be. And then I've got an example um, body paragraph at the end as well. So I'm kind of thinking that this lesson, you might spend um, just listening to this podcast and then then just writing one paragraph i'd love it if everyone could write me one paragraph and give it to me in the next kind of either this week so we've only got friday today um this week or early next week so that i can have enough time to give you some really good feedback on that so if you haven't already sent me a paragraph you might have written some over the holidays and you can feel free to send me one of those so you don't have to do any more work but just so you, i can give you some feedback before we do the sack um, other updates is that uh, I have no updates on the SAC yet. We're still waiting from VCAR to hear how SACs are supposed to be run uh, when we're doing remote learning. So don't stress about that for now because I don't have any answers for you. Um, so we, we don't know actually what's happening with it. So just put it out of your mind because there's nothing that we can control at this point. Um, all right, so... I'm just gonna talk through this. Uh, remember that if you like, you can. I think you can speed this up so you can listen to it on double time or you know 0.5 or whatever. So if I'm talking too slow or you're happy that you wanna skip through some stuff, you can, but I'm just gonna work through this kind of systematically. So if you're, you're good with unpacking your ideas, then you can skip you know, that part and kind of move ahead to where I'm talking about how I might structure my essay and what my main points might be. Or again, then you could skip again to me just going through like how I've constructed the body paragraph. I'll do another. Um, I'll probably do another little lesson on uh, writing analytical essays. I know that you all know how to do it, but I'm happy to do a refresher lesson. So I might even ask a question on Classroom to see if you'd like that, um, and then I'm happy to do that too. All right. So um, I've written. Uh, I've written this this essay topic. Um, you will. You will also see. By the way, I know I'm getting sidetracked. You'll see that. Um, On the Google Classroom, I've posted uh, the example, the last year's exam questions for the poetry, which was John Dunn, because um, they didn 't do Wordsworth last year, and when I like what I was talking about where the questions are quite broad, um, and you'll also see there that i 've uh, linked again to the Cambridge introduction to William Wordsworth if you want to have a go back, go back through and have a quick skim read of like maybe life or religion or beliefs or one of those areas if you 're feeling that you not you don 't really know much, still not kind of across it then i 've put some links to Mr. Um, Mr. Walsh's practice essay topics which are actually really great and that you know the reason I think they're great is because we haven't been talking about that in class and so I think Uh, We've been doing a lot of close analysis um, and we haven't necessarily been kind of going back to that high level, connecting all those ideas across. We've been connecting inside the poems, but we kind of need to maybe connect a little bit more to Wordsworth's life. I know we've been slightly talking about it, but I think this is a great opportunity for you to figure out where your knowledge gaps are and do a little bit of research. And I think you're all up to extending yourself to trying to write on one of those topics. And that could be you start writing, you realise you don't know what you're talking about. So you go and do a little bit of research research and figure it out and actually trying to stumble your way through that process will be really valuable to you in the long run. So I'd suggest that you all try and write at least one of those essay topics or brainstorm them at the very least so you can kind of see where your ideas are at. Okay, so I'm on the first page here. So Wordsworth believes that to live a good life, a person needs to dedicate themselves to religion and nature equally. Do you agree? So then you'll see that I've kind of, it's very messy because obviously this is my my brainstorm and I've tried to just leave it as I do it so you can see what it might look like. I don't, try not to neaten it up for you too much so you don't have unrealistic expectations of what a plan will look like. A plan should look pretty messy. So I've got kind of two parts of the page. The top half is like yes and the bottom half is sort of no. So I've started with all right well um, there's biblical references throughout and we've talked about those there in the um, the small um, Celadine, the, the the product the reference to the um, prodigal son um it's in a beauteous evening with the um god be with thee when you know it not so right at the end and also all of those um biblical references throughout like heaven and you know those exaggerations um that the group that did that was talking about um so then we've got uh i also was thinking well nature's sort of presented as a religion in itself, so as a way to find meaning it's awe inspiring and that awe inspiring idea, I was kind of thinking links to that idea of the sublime, so remember the and you might want to look up sublime as well, so remember that the sublime is kind of a word or a concept used to describe like something that's unimaginable so in that in the um, the poem the Simplon on Pass. Um, which I'll find the page. What page is that on? Simple and Pass, page 129. In the Simple on Pass, um, this is a great one, a great poem to read again to kind of show the sublime, but it's supposed to. The sublime is like about um, trying to understand something that's so awe-inspiring and kind of massive and huge, in terms of an idea or a concept that you kind of can't understand it. So like the sublime or the awe of something that you can't comprehend. So often this is used um, when talking about nature, because the, you have this kind of experience in nature that is just impossible to put into words in terms of the way that it makes you feel. So in the Simple and Pass on, on line one, two, three, four, he talks about the immeasurable height um, So it's like the height is so large that Wordsworth, in his mind, can't actually comprehend how big the height is, but it's because it's immeasurable to him and that he's a bit his and it's beyond his ability of understanding. Um, So this happen Wordsworth is doing this throughout. So in the, a lot of the poems that are talking about um, when you see him talking frequently about nature, he, there's often elements of the sublime in there. So you might um, have a read of The Simple and Past Again and see if you can spot any others, or you might be able to spot them in some of the ones that you've already analysed, because I've been seeing it pop up in some of the ones that we've just done this week, for example. So, um, I've, so I'm talking about, so I'm thinking nature presented itself, presented as a religion in itself, so I've got the sublime... Um so it's the Simple On Pass, and I think it's also in a uh, beauteous evening with the exaggerated descriptions, and then I and then my my side note to the right there is the sublime. Um, I think well I'm kind of grappling with this idea that the sublime is felt by Wordsworth like is similar to the way that he describes religion. So the references um, to religion in a beauteous evening are kind of similar to the sublime, I think, in like the the way that he understands religion is similar in that it he finds it awe-inspiring and difficult to comprehend but also um like he, he he's still he's still finding it like to be completely awe-inspiring so like that that the difficulty of understanding like an immeasurable height or a concept or something that's so outside of his ability to understand is the same possibly as his ability to understand God and religion and, and the why things happen. Those things are two things that are kind of intangible for the human mind. Um, this is just thoughts I'm grappling with. You are willing, you're completely fine to disagree with me on that. If you don't think that that's how it is, that's, that's fine. But as I said to you, um, you can form your own interpretation. So I'm happy if you completely disregard that or say, no, Miss Alcock, you're totally wrong. That's fine. Um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So if you have any ideas um, about that, uh, then please share them with me. Um, the other biblical references I, I will add, you know, they're all the biblical references in, in Goody Blake and Harry Gill. So like kind of when he doesn't do the right thing, um, he's struck down by God or some supernatural force. Depends on how you want to interpret it. Um, so that that's kind of in there. Yes. And so like I thought that related to living a good life because um, Harry Gill doesn't, he doesn't show kindness to Goody Blake. And so then he is punished for that. Um, so then for my no reasons, I was like, there's lots of references to supernatural elements. So like the old man in resolution and independence and Lucy um, Gray and Sol- or solitude on the Moor. Um, so I was kind of wondering, oh, well, does It does, it like, if Wordsworth believes that to live a good life, a person needs to dedicate themselves to religion and nature. And I was like, supernatural elements don't really fit into that. So I'm wondering if I really agree with this prompt. And I will point out that what I'm doing right now is I'm going, okay, here's the prompt. Do I agree? Yes and no. And here's all the reasons I agree and here's all the reasons I don't agree. And then what I'm going to do, I need to do that before I even think about how I'm going to respond because I don't know what I feel about this prompt until I really think about it. So I'd encourage you to not try and rewrite the essay prompt into your contention until you've actually unpacked all of the different elements and all the things you think could relate to that prompt. So also for no. um, So I put in no, but I think it's kind of more in the sitting on the fence pile uh, in the tables turned, poem which is not in your selected poems but it's actually really good and it's on page 33 I've written it on the bottom of this page here so it's on page 33 he says let nature be your teacher um sweet law which nature brings and enough of science and art come forth and bring a heart that watches and receives so that idea again of of having patience being um slow right slow as in taking the time sitting outside in nature or being in nature and just taking the time to watch and listen and learn. Um, so that's a really great poem for that. So I'd suggest actually having a read of that because I really like that. It's kind of one of my favorite ones. Um, so then I'm on the next page now and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to, think about like how I'm going to reword this. That's my plan done. And I'm like, I still don't know how I'm going to reword this topic. So then I was like, okay, um, Wordsworth believes to live a good life. uh, This is the the question again. A person needs to dedicate themselves to religion and nature equally. Do you agree? And then I was like, all right, here's my possible ways I could phrase what I'm thinking. Wordsworth um, finds solace and then I changed that to meaningful purpose in both nature and religion and uses each of these things to create his own worldviews, which I think for me is pretty accurate but then I still have in the back of my mind this that that's super those supernatural elements that I don't know what to do with um I'm not sure if I want to put them in under the category of the supernatural elements are related to religion somehow or like a something like that or like a, as in, for example, the man in resolution and independence could be seen as a messenger sent by God to um, teach him a lesson. Like I don't know, um, I don't know what I want to do with that. Um, I will also mention in this that I'm not religious. Uh, so if I'm making any assumptions around religion and they're incorrect, feel free to correct me um, or also feel free to disregard if you don't agree. But I'm just trying to put my myself into the, the head of Wordsworth or into his shoes and to see what his perspective is so that I can answer this question. Um, so I don't know what to do with the supernatural stuff. I'm also not sure if maybe I completely disagree and I think that he maybe isn't very religious at all. Uh, and in fact, he actually just believes in, you know, kind of a, a more like... Pagan sort of religion rather than uh, than christianity so i 'm not uh, I'm not sure um, so then I thought all right well i don't really know if I like that that first wording so Wordsworth finds meaningful purpose because i i don't know if um, it really accurately sort of it lets me, gives me enough space to cover all the things that I wanna cover. So I tried to reword it again. Wordsworth seems to constantly be grappling with large complex ideas in order to form his understanding of the world. He frequently uses biblical references to heaven and God, along with descriptions of the sublime and the superna- and supernatural references. So this one here I rewrote and I thought, okay, there's all the things I wanna talk about. And I wanna point out to you that it's, it's not important to get the wording right the first time. You might have to rewrite it four or five times. And if you do, then do it. Because what you'll end up with is something that's closer to where you need to be if you rewrite it a couple of times. Don't stress so much about making the wording sound really good as well. Like, I understand that Wordsworth seems to constantly be grappling with large, complex ideas, doesn't sound, you know, very um, polished. But if it's if it's clear and it's kind of, it's getting to the point of what you're trying to say, then that's all right too. And you could you could very easily have that as your actual contention statement if you wanted to because it's better to be clear and concise than to use lots of flashy words that kind of um, confuse your meaning. So just remember that. Um, So then I kind of added, I was like, all right, I'm going to try and extend on this to see if this is where I want to go. So this is something that I sometimes do just to make sure that I'm on the right track. Because if my next sentence after my contention statement goes off in a different direction, I know that my contention statement isn't right for what I want to write. Does that make sense? So the crossover between these things shows that Uh, Wordsworth is desperately trying to understand and find meaning from life. And he uses the combination of these things to do that. So I was like, all right, okay, I think this is going in the right direction. So here's my body paragraphs. Uh, So these would be my kind of topic sentences. Um, Wordsworth's descriptions of the sublime and his biblical references achieve a similar purpose, showing that he uses them to understand intangible things. So that could be body paragraph one. Body paragraph two. Wordsworth alludes to the supernatural in his poems as a way of justifying um, I don't know what that says. A way of justifying something and occurrences which are otherwise unexplainable. He sometimes tries, ties these to religion, but not always. So that's where I'm kind of thinking mm, the, the supernatural thing doesn't kind of fit there. So I've put the but not always leaving my way myself a way out if I want to write that. Um, so then, I thought body paragraph three. Wordsworth focuses on nature as a teacher of less. Wordsworth's focus on nature as a teacher of lessons shows his belief that people must turn to nature to aid their understanding of religion and to keep themselves on a righteous path. So I wrote that, and I was like, "Ooh, I really like that actually." And then I thought, actually, this could nearly be the contention of my essay because if I go back to the essay topic, uh, which is. Wordsworth believes that to live a good life, a person needs to dedicate themselves to religion and nature equally. Do you agree? This could easily be an essay contention, body, what I've written for body paragraph three. So Wordsworth face, focus on nature uh, as a teacher of lessons, shows his belief that people must turn to nature to aid their understanding of religion and to keep themselves on a righteous path. So I kind of liked that and then I thought, all right, I'm going to go with, I'm going to, to scrap my last essay plan and go with using what I wrote for body paragraph three as my actual essay contention. So then I thought, all right, so if that's my essay contention, then I need to write three new body paragraphs. So I'll just do the topic sentences. So I thought that for my first body paragraph, I would use the um, nature as a teacher, kind of those examples to talk about like why nature is important uh, in terms of being able to, the, the study of nature is important to being able to understand religion um, then I thought for body paragraph two the references to sublime and God are similar, showing that the awe of nature can help to understand the awe of God um, and I thought you, you could also argue this the other way around um, I thought uh, if you wanted to uh, to be honest i 'm kind of probably on the fence with that I think I, I could easily argue that both ways um, but you just need to choose I guess you need to you would need to choose a side and make sure that you choose evidence that supports your argument. Um, then body paragraph three, supernatural references throughout are allow, are always connected with and occurring in nature, which I think is true. I can't think of any times that we've got supernatural references where we're not kind of somewhere that has, it's not a, a natural environment. If you've got one, can you please tell me? Cause I'd love to know. Um, in this way, the supernatural references could be words worth observing and making, uh, could be words worth observing and making meaning from God's Influence on Earth, I thought that could be a really great paragraph to write i haven 't written it yet, but I was excited about it or alternatively for paragraph body paragraph three, Wordsworth uses supernatural occurrences to show moral lesson, um, to show morals or lessons of how to live a good life and then I thought my examples there would be resolution and independence and goody Blake so here 's an example paragraph where you 're putting in you know, at least two poems, so one or more, um, or two or more. Uh, so things to note is that in this one, I've I've specifically referenced the names of the poems uh, in my analysis. But I can I can see that there would be definitely, and I might make you an example of this too, and I'll post it. You wouldn't always have to do this, but I feel like for this argument that I'm doing, it was it was kind of relevant for me to reference the name of the poems. But if you were, um, for example, talking about, you know, the, the use of um, the, the, the references to childhood innocence, you might not need to reference. If you had four, three or four examples, you wouldn't need to reference that because you're kind of more talking about the concept that, chi- that Wordsworth has around childhood innocence and you would be using kind of the combination of ideas from all of those things to form that interpretation. So you would use, you would then use evidence to support the interpretation, but the interpretation would come first and it's come from you reading multiple poems, not from just one. So I think in that case, you maybe don't have to always reference the title of the poem, but it's kind of one of those things that you, and you kind of need to make an executive decision on. So, uh, so here it is. So Wordsworth believes that dedication to nature is on par with dedication to God. I've written this whole paragraph and I don't think I like my toppy sentence. So I'd probably, now that I've finished it, would probably change it slightly just to adjust kind of, you know, when you're writing a paragraph and your um, focus changes slightly. So that's sort of happened here. In the tables turned, he says, let nature be your teacher and argues that spending time in nature will bring you wisdom and health. So I've put one quote in there. And then I've said, if you're open on page 33, I'd say open up your book to page 33 right now just so you can see the poem in front of you. Sorry, it's page 32 and 33. So he says, let nature be your teacher. And then he goes on to talk about um, like the, the wealth of knowledge that, you know, Mother Nature, because she said she has a world re- of, she has a world of ready wealth um, and talks about um, wisdom, and all of these different things in there after the, so in one, two, three, four, stanza four is let nature be your teacher. And then stanza five, the wealth and wisdom. um And if you continue reading on, you can see uh sweet is the law. So law is knowledge, which nature brings. um So knowledge and wisdom. So I haven't put those quotes in there because I felt like they wouldn't work, but what I've done is paraphrase them. So that's where you can see and argues that spending time in nature will bring you wisdom and health, right? So that works. So I've just paraphrased that. And then you don't need to kind of put in quote, quotes that seem a little bit clunky. So sometimes if the, the language is outdated for compared to the style of language that you're writing in, the quote might not always fit. So you might have to paraphrase it. But you need to make an executive decision on that again. But I would always argue that the best quotes to put in are the ones that seamlessly fit into your writing rather than trying to just put one in and have it be clunky in the middle of a sentence or have, have to leave it sitting as its own sentence. Um, so paraphrasing is totally fine um, as long as you're keeping the, the meaning of the, the words or the idea the same. Um, likewise, in Resolution and Independence, Wordsworth shows how an old man's dedication to nature makes him wise. Wordsworth compares this very old man to himself and shows how a lifetime of of dedication uh, makes the old man wiser than himself as the old man is able to teach him a valuable lesson. Wordsworth doubts about God, doubts about God which creep into his mind throughout the poem are dispelled by the old man who Wordsworth begins to view as a messenger sent to give him strength and admonishment. This sets. So this part, that section there, I when I was writing it, I was trying to figure out how I could write it uh, without having to retell the story so much. So you might be conscious of that. And I think that's definitely a flaw in this paragraph. So you, I think I could cut it down a little bit more. And if I was reading this from one of you, I would say, make sure you cut that down a little bit more. Um, but again, I'm just doing this on the first, this is my first draft of writing this. So I'm trying to show you what it would really look like if you're actually going to write it. So... Um... The, the doubts about God which creep into his mind throughout the poem are dispelled by the old man who Wordsworth begins to view as a messenger sent to give him strength and admonishment. So you see how I've put in those two quotes there because they, they fit in with my sentence, but if they didn't fit, I wouldn't put them there. I've also just quoted a single word. Instead of putting the whole sentence in, I've just put in one word and then put my and because that's what I want and then the second word. But the meaning hasn't changed from what's actually written in the book. It's just that it fits better with what I'm saying. So you, you might need to kind of chop it around a little bit and chop it up and turn it around so that the words make sense. And if you have to do that, that's fine. Remember, if you're going to cut a, a quote out you, or you're going to cut the middle out of a quote and you just want two of the words, you put an ellipsis, so three dots in the middle to show that. Or you can just do what I've done and just cut two words and put yours in the middle. Um, this sets Wordsworth back on the path to God, of God. The key idea, so here's my, ex- my explanation, is that Wordsworth may not have been uh, righted back onto his path if he was not spending time in nature. I reckon that's not a very good argument. I think I could probably make that a bit better. This therefore shows that a dedication to nature is centrally important to a person's dedication to God. I'd say that this is probably, um, if it was out of five stars, I'd say this is like, you know, a three and a half to a four star paragraph. It's definitely not a five star paragraph. But it's relatively simple in terms of language. Um, The structure is pretty standard kind of teal structure. So I've got, you know, um, I've got my, my topic sentence. I've got some examples. I've got an explanation and I have a link. There's a little bit of elaboration in there, but there isn't a lot. So that would be the diff. That would be why it's only a three and a half, two or four, because I could probably elaborate a little bit more at the end here where I say, um, the key idea is that Wordsworth may not have been right back into his path if he was not spending time in nature. I think that could be, we all could think of a way that that could be stronger into, and that, that making that stronger would kind of turn that more into elaboration rather than just explanation because uh, it's a little bit surface level as it is. Um, but I hope that gives you a good idea. What I'd love you to do is to, uh, you can either choose to write one of the other body paragraphs that I have here, you could choose to respond to this whole essay topic. I'd suggest um, either of those is a good option. I'd suggest that you definitely have to try responding to something. Um, it's a lot harder to re- write using poetry than it is just responding to a normal te- uh, text response essay, um, which has been made abundantly clear after I have I have just done it now before I've started recording this. So try and respond to. So start small if you want to and just try and respond to and make and write one body paragraph. And you could choose one of the body paragraph examples I have here, or you might have been inspired by something else that I said, or another conversation you've had, or some of your other notes from your analytical exercises that your peers have been setting. Whatever it is, I don't mind what it is, but you need to choose something and try and write a body paragraph. You might think about, or you could alternatively try and do like a skeleton draft of an essay where you've got kind of your contention statement and your three supporting arguments. You might start with writing that and then flesh out one of your body paragraphs. Whatever you want to do, I want you to do that. But I'm probably going to give you this lesson and the next lesson um, that you have that's for analytical writing practice. So that'll be on the Tuesday to just do writing. And I'm going to be hopefully you'll have given me some stuff and I can give you some feedback on that. So that's the plan. Anyway, thanks for listening.